You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you, Matt. Uh, Venmo works for that? That's good? Good. All right. Um, Good morning. I'm very, very proud to be here today. Uh, As Matt said, my name is Brian Johnston. Um, I give you a little bit about me. I am an alumnus of, of Asbury Youth, and so the students that sit in the front today, I sat in the front when I was in their shoes. Um, I was interim youth leader for like four years one summer. Um, <laughs> that was a, an, intense, an intense time, and um, I, I do teach. I, I am a teacher. I teach at Airline High School. And I teach psychology. And then a lot of people will ask, oh, they have psychology in high school? And, and to that, I, I have to say, I mean, they keep paying me. So, yeah. Um, one of the things that me and Matt talked about when we were getting ready to, to organize this sermon, this, this speech, is um, I told him, I was like, hey, man, I, I, when, I, when I teach, when I give a lecture, I like to move around the classroom. I like to walk around some. I don't like to just stay in one spot. And I said, can I, can I use that lapel mic, you know, that, that lets you kind of walk around? And Matt told me. No. <laughs> uh, so I am stuck behind here this morning. And that's, that's fine. Um. Our, our scripture this morning comes from Matthew, and it's, it's a mention of worry. It's a mention of fear of the future, and specifically, it's a mention of anxiety. And I'd like to talk just a second about that. Anxiety, again, I teach psychology, and I'm in the mental health world and, and aim to do that professionally. And anxiety is something that is increasingly common in our lives, for reasons well understood, for reasons not well understood. Anxiety is something that we feel almost commonplace now. Um, It's almost stranger if you don't have it. It's that common. It's almost almost as if, if you're not sick, then there's something wrong with you. And, you know, anxiety is something that's been around since people have been people. If you, if you look back at prophecy of, of ancient civilizations, there's plenty of mentions of droughts and, and pestilence and floods and volcanoes and conquerors. And so fearing the future is something that we naturally normally do. And when Christ's followers asked him, what do we do? What are we supposed to do? Where are we supposed to go? What are we supposed to say? What are we supposed to wear? What are we going to eat? What's going to happen later? And Jesus says to them, don't worry. Don't worry about that. God provides all that. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what's going to happen next. Don't worry. And I think sometimes that can be misunderstood because Jesus doesn't tell his followers to calm down. That's not, that's not the move to make when someone is upset. 
if you've ever been upset and someone said, hey, calm down, it doesn't make it better. It's not like someone says, calm down, and you go, oh, yeah, okay. That doesn't happen, and Jesus isn't saying that. Jesus is also not saying, relax. Don't worry and relax are not the same thing. Jesus isn't saying, hey, look, man, don't worry about it. God's got it under control. Order another round. Where's the waiter? Put your feet up. Don't worry about it. God's not, I mean, Christ isn't saying that at all. He points to physical examples of the world. He says, consider the birds in the sky. They are God's creations. God loves them. And God provides for them. Are you not more valuable than a bird? Of course you are. And he says, consider the lilies and the grasses of the field. They don't do anything, yet God provides for them. Are you not more valuable than they are? Of course you are. But here's the thing. The bird isn't doing nothing. The grass, the flowers, they aren't doing nothing. The nest doesn't build itself. The bird has to leave the nest. Um, on a side note, theologically and from the book of discipline, I legally have to mention birds leaving the nest on Senior Sunday. It's a thing, so we can check that box. This is, this is an official game now. So... The bird isn't doing nothing. The bird has to leave the nest. It has to go and find and gather and, and it has to do all those things. And doing all those things, God provides. The lilies of the field, the grasses of the field, they don't do nothing. When you think about what a plant does, it drives roots down into hard packed soil. It reaches as high as it possibly can to get to the sunlight and the rain. You think about a weed that's willing to, to crack through concrete to live and survive right there. And so those plants aren't doing nothing. They're struggling. They're striving. And because of that, God provides. And aren't you more valuable than they are? Of course. God loves all of his creations. And he loves us so much more. Um, if I could give you an example through education. Imagine, imagine you're in a classroom and imagine that you're a student sitting at a desk and you have an assignment. And you go, okay, I can do this. And you look down at your paper and you, you go through your stuff and you think, oh, I need a pen. And you raise your hand to get your teacher's attention. And so you put your hand, oh, I forgot to tell you, in this um, metaphor, your teacher is God. And so imagine the homework that you would get from God. So this is probably a pretty important assignment. So you raise your hand and God calls on you and he goes, yeah. And you say, uh, God, yeah. You have a pen? Yeah. And then God reaches over his desk and he pulls out a pen from his Mardi Gras cup because what do you do with those cups? No, seriously, what do you do with those cups? And so he pulls a pen from his Mardi Gras cup and he holds it up and he shows it to you. And he puts it back down on his desk. 
and then just waits. And then you realize, oh, <laughs> I have to go get that pin. That's the provisions of God. God has everything you could need. Pins, pencils, whatever, what do you need? highlighters, crayons, what do you need? You have to be willing to go get it. You've got to be willing to take the step to gather. You've got to be willing to drive roots down and to reach up high, to crack through concrete. And in doing that, God provides. So Christ doesn't tell us to relax. Christ tells us not to worry. Not the same thing. A pearl of great price is not yours just for the asking. You have to go and get it. So what stops us? What keeps us from doing that? What puts the pause on all of our great actions? And that brings me back to anxiety. This common fear of the future. One of the things that we worry about is being perfect. We hope to be perfect. We try to be perfect. We think, I can't do this thing because I might not be perfect at it, and so I don't ever start. And that's a mistake. It's a mistake that we all make. It's, it's this striving for perfection is a good thing. We should do that. But willing to only accept perfection may, might not be our best move. Um, my dad is a, is a big fan of quotes, a big fan of mantras and sayings and things that he can sort of repeat to himself. And one of his favorites right now especially one of his favorites right now is classically attributed to Voltaire, and it's perfect is the enemy of good. When we seek to do things perfectly, a lot of times we can't accept things that are good. And in talking to Matt earlier this week about, um, about this speaking engagement, we were, we were talking about perfection and things like that and how Seeking a, a perfection is, is a great and noble thing, um, but then Matt brought up when God created all of this, he separated heaven and earth and, and water and land and people and animals, and he worked really hard for that week, and when he looked back at his creation, he called it good. God that created all of this, all of us, looked back and he said it's good. In fact, it's very good. But the word that's not in there is perfect. And so one of the things that, that God proves to us time and again, and it's in, uh, it's in Isaiah in 43.19, he mentions that I am, I am continuing to do new things. Do you not see it? I am always working in you and through you. Do you not see it? And it's an important thing for us to be able to do. God is constantly working for us and through us in our lives. Now, sometimes it's hard to see it. And that's why Christ reminds us, look at the birds. Look at the flowers. God provides for them. God provides for you. Sometimes we do need to take a pause and remember that. And we do need to, oh, that's right. Birds, flowers, grasses, God provides. To, 
to take some of this back towards psychology, um, there's, a, there's a phenomenon in human existence. It's called self-confirming bias. What that means is that people love to be right. That's all that means. People love being right. Proof of that is the self-confirming bias. When we look for things that are good, we find things that are good. If you look for something good, you find something good because you want to be right. You want to be, I looked for it and I found it. Not, I looked for it and I couldn't find it. When we look for things that are good, we find things that are good because we love being right. To take that back to a note from the Bible, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Knock and the door shall be opened. When you look for good, you will find good. So when there are times of doubt, look for good. When there are times of distress, birds, flowers. And in that, that pausing anxiety that prevents you from doing something that you're unsure about, remember, do you have to be perfect God is providing and God will provide. You may not be perfect, but you're good. You're very good. So when things seem to be dark and doubtful, when you have to try something new, something unforeseen, you have to take the next step. Know that God is working through you and sometimes the only thing that you can do so just keep on living, L-I-V-I-N. Would you pray with me?